Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. This is Vicki Nethling coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you or your business grow to the next level. Today, I'm very excited to have Mark Garrett Hayes as my guest. Let me tell you a little bit about Mark. Mark has 28.8 million closed opportunities through his deal coaching. He is has done 600 plus face-to-face remote and remote sales coaching. Uh, and he is the author of Sales Coaching coaching essentials. Mark Dixon, the author of Challenger Sales, says that this is a must read for any sales leader. And today we are going to talk about three signs that someone needs sales coaching. Please join me in welcoming Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, Mark. Hi, Vicki. Thanks for having me on the show. That's so good to have you. Sales is always a scary thing for entrepreneurs. And so this Mm. is, uh, I think, a very timely thing, especially in the summer where sometimes we tend to uh, slack off on our aggressiveness in our sales. And so hopefully you'll be able to share some tips with the the audience for that. Sure. So I always start out with a simple question. We can hear mm. from your voice the answer, but go ahead. Where do you live? <laughs> I'm from Ireland, but I live in Barcelona in Spain. That is on my bucket list to go to Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, it's it's lovely here. And also it's quite international. There is a, a huge number of um, Canadians, Americans here, mm-hmm. Australians, Dutch, Germans. And recently there was a an announcement in Spain that the Spanish government would be running out a digital nomad visa, which is very attractive to people who want to come for a short while to Spain, Uh either with their families or on their own. So there's a huge number of people who are around my area right now with accents, um, definitely not from Spain. And that's a a good thing, you know? (laughs) So uh, the only flip side is of course, the rents have gone up significantly. Yeah. Uh, and inevitably, when you go to a workshop or a a cafe, even you're going to find people from out of town. Yeah, that that makes Barcelona very attractive. It's always been a very uh, international city, very welcoming to people from outside of the country, and it's a great place to work. Lots of tech startups here, which of course is uh, mm-hmm. great for me. Yeah, for sure. And great food. <laughs> so yes, yeah. that too. And, great well. and it's that. Friday. And it's <laughs> <Okay>. Friday. <laughs> At least it is when we're airing this. Who knows what it will be when you're watching. So what is the difference between training and coaching? Yeah, great question. Let me start with explaining what I think um, 
is needed by people. So let's just say to keep things simple that people don't know something, they're new to a company, they have mm. not yet um, experienced, used or sold your product. They haven't perhaps been through some kind of um, training, which gives them compliance information, onboarding information, etc. Um, when people don't know things, don't know how to do things, they need training. So training is effectively information. It's it's the skills and knowledge that someone needs to do a job, perform a role, etc. Coaching is what you use almost post-training, not always, but usually post-training to help people to um, apply it, get results from it, and to embed it in their mind. Mm. Why? Well, because if I, let's say, invest, let's say $10,000, $20,000 in training people, and they don't use that, then there goes the investment. So coaching is a nice way to ensure that people are held accountable for generating ROI from you in them. And wow. it's also a great way to align people's why with their what. When mm -hmm. you think of it, what makes people do a job is not just their ability to do the job, but the willingness to do the job. And coaching is very important psychologically to help people to uncover what their why is and to align their reasons to do it with your need for them to do it. You know, as you were talking about that, I was thinking learning a new language and we were earlier yeah. talking about where you live and such and diverse yeah. learning a new language, especially as we're older can be very challenging. And and mm. you only hear about training, training, training. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's what we need to, to have that coaching to keep you accountable, to keep you understanding why it is that you need to know that other language. Right. Because the, the training for the language is there. I mean, it consists of, you know, verbs and cases and uh, vocabulary, but mm -hmm. what gets people to, to make the habit and get results from it, that I think is coaching. So if I gave you a pile of books and said, there's every single thing you'll ever need to know about Spanish or French or something. That's just the training, but helping you to use it in a way that works for you, customized to you, and and something which motivates you to keep on learning, even when you don't feel like learning, that, yeah. that's what coaching does. Absolutely. And so what does world-class sales coaching look like for the um, audience? It, it looks like uh, the kind of thing that generates outcomes for your business when you can say that coaching has helped people helping people to prospect more and better mm -hmm. to have better conversations with the right people at the right time in the sales process if you can say that um coaching is helping people to advance key deals and close mm -hmm. them that's what to my mind world-class sales coaching looks like i mean there's lots of coaching interventions you can think of life coaching executive coaching etc cetera, etc cetera. um some of that coaching to some people is a bit woo woo it's like well i know they're being coached but what are we getting from that investment sales coaching is very much focused on the activities that advance deals have have better conversations ensure that people are doing the right thing focused on the right activities mm -hmm. getting results that's what that I, looks I like think, to me i would think um role playing would be really helpful yeah. in sales coaching because there's so many mm -hmm. different scenarios that come up and and if you're new to a sales or a product mm -hmm. service or whatnot that role-playing and using your past experience to help that 
person you're coaching, I think would be so valuable. Yes, true. Real play or role play, if you like, is one of several interventions. I mean, coaching is a framework. I don't Mm -hmm. think it is necessarily a paint by numbers approach. Coaching is the way that you do things, not what you call things. Mm -hmm. Whereas training is often very prescriptive. It's here's this manual and here's this process Mm -hmm. and follow this and share this and do this diagram and explain that. But coaching is a framework and therefore there's room for the coach to decide how best to coach this person, given where they are, given Mm -hmm. how they think and given what they need to do. And also you as the coach, see how they're progressing, see when you need to bolster them as well as maybe redirect or course correct them, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's true. And the truth is not everyone either needs coaching Mm -hmm. or is coachable. And I'm reminded of Ken Blanchard's brilliant situational leadership to concept, which is Mm -hmm. that as a leader, you've got different options. Some people need micromanagement, a lot of over the shoulder directing, Mm -hmm. which of Mm -hmm. course is time consuming for you, Mm -hmm. not ideal. Some people might just need some kind of support because they've got it. They have high skill, high will. Mm -hmm. Um, Others might need a bit more delegation and uh, training. Mm -hmm. And then there are the people who respond to coaching and also are the people who are likely to be most coachable and open to coaching. And and it's funny, it's funny. There are people who it's like an axiom Mm -hmm. in the sense that often the people who tell me they don't think coaching's for them, they don't need coaching. They're the people who actually need coaching the most. Yeah. (laughs) I found that same thing. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think what you mentioned about the knowing when and what to use, I I know in what I do in teaching leadership and speaking that knowing who your audience is taking time to, to get that relationship. So, you know, well, this style I'm going to need to use for you at this time in your life. And, and it could be, it's not a one and done, you know, as they Mm. grow, as they progress, the style should change accordingly as well. Yes. Hopefully as they move up, what's called the accountability ladder Mm -hmm. and they become more um, resourceful, drawing Mm. on their own innate abilities, they'll, they'll need less of that Mm hands-on constant coaching. However, there are people who I think benefit from coaching uh, at different times, as you said, or alluded to, yeah. I get coaching for four minutes every single work day, just towards the end of the day, which brings me back on track. And every coach needs coaches. I mean, if you're ICF accredited, which is the International Coaching Foundation or Federation, I think it is, or AC, Association for Coaching, or EMCC over mm-hmm. here in Europe, everyone who has that accreditation is actually mandated to have a supervisor coach. So one of the things that's different between training and coaching is that often people deliver training without necessarily being accredited trainers. But if you are an accredited coach, you should have a coach who coaches you. Coaching is a two-way street. You've got to be able to coach and coach able as in coachable. Therefore your mind is open to being coached. So if you're thinking about this, and saying, well, actually, I'm a leader, and I've got a sales team, and coaching's just one way. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. You have to be open to feedback. Yeah. Otherwise, where's the uh, authenticity? Yeah. I know when I retired 
from working in corporate for a long time uh, and started my business. And I, at, at first I thought, well, you know, I don't know that I need a coach. I have all this experience and I've been a coach and I've been, mm-hmm. and uh, now I have four. <laughs> so you just you find, you just yeah. find that, you know, there are different coaches for different aspects of what I do and yeah. you need that person to, uh, to hold you accountable, but also to continually help you grow. You, you do. And we never stop growing. Yeah. We never stop growing. You think of, say, someone like Tiger Woods, you'd think that someone at the top of their game literally knows it all. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah. they know enough to know they don't know everything. Yeah. We all have blind spots. We all have things we've forgotten we know or don't realize we don't know. And that's where the dangers are. So coaching is someone's chance to show some curiosity, help you uncover potential blockages, things you don't yet see or just Mm -hmm. cannot see. And everyone needs that, everyone. And it's often why organizations who have top leaders, whether they're C-suite or not, those people are the most receptive to coaching because they know that it's a game of inches. Mm -hmm. And, And just some powerful question at the right time just makes people realize you know, oh, that's a great, I never thought of that, or it changes perspective. So there is a belief that coaching is not necessarily the right thing for everyone. It's kind of true. Not everyone responds to it, but at some level, everyone can benefit from coaching. And I cannot say who that is for you. If you're listening or watching this, you have to figure out. Mm -hmm. And and one thing that's helped me is Ken Blanchard's idea of having that, um, that, uh, you know, window with the four Mm -hmm. boxes, and decide where are the people who are likely to benefit from coaching. Yeah. And it's not always the A players, and it's definitely not the D players. It's usually the B players and some C players. So there are people who will, you know, generate or or benefit from some kind of support, top up, if you will, mm-hmm. some quick um, uh, developmental or supportive coaching. But there are people who maybe are a cohort who will be your B players who will benefit from coaching Absolutely. quite a lot more than A or, or C or D players, which is not to say that we have to put people in boxes and tell them we're doing that. That's not really clever, but <laughs> as a leader, just say, you know, where is my time going to pay dividends? Yeah, that's right. Because if I coach everyone the same way or everyone with the same effort, it's not going to succeed. Mm-hmm. And if we're all juggling priorities, we've got to basically say, where is my time most effective? And mm-hmm. in, in in the book, The Challenger Sale, uh, written by Brent Adamson and Matt Dixon. Um, Matt, by the way, was kind enough to write a review for my book. One of the top selling books of all time, The Challenger mm-hmm. Sale, or the top selling sales books. He talks about this specifically and says, you know, research that he performed show that coaching your A players and maybe your D players is not really productive, but focusing on that cohort of B players who have got still room to rise, Mm -hmm. that's going to be the most effective. And that seems to be what the research suggests. If you think about it, you know, we, especially in these times now where companies are downsizing and laying off people. And and Mm -hmm. so the workforce that you have is um, not as skilled or knowledgeable as maybe that breadth of people that you had previously, you need to think about the coaching in a succession. And if you are working with those B and C players, you know, the C can be move up to the B, the B could move up to the A. Right. And all of a sudden you, you don't have as much of a, 
a transition period for you to become thriving again. Yes, that's true. Um, if you think of the, the consequence of people moving up, moving out, or moving on, all of a sudden you have a gap. Yeah. So we have to use coaching as a way to invest in people, develop them so they can step into the next step on their evolution, whatever mm -hmm. that is for them. Not not everyone sticks around. Not everyone stays. Yeah, for sure. Not everyone stays forever. Most people don't these days. You know, think of the average AE mm -hmm. could be what, 12, 18 months, mm -hmm. 19 ish um and so in that time you've got to shorten that uh time to productivity mm -hmm. ttp so how do you do that well you can only train so much if you can invest coaching strategically in the right people you're, you're going to accelerate that um, time to productivity and shorten that uh um delay which is what often bothers people you know yes. i've got someone sitting there i'm i know i'm training them i don't see anything from this so who are the people that if you bring them in are coachable and will respond to coaching and you can accelerate that process? Um, and it's a judgment call. There's yeah. no formula. You really have to evaluate some perhaps feelings you have about people, make some observations, try something out and see how they respond to feedback. And I think actually, Vicky, that often if we do a good job, we can tell reasonably quickly at hiring time who is coachable. And that will save you a world of hurt down the line. If people aren't responding to feedback in interview or giving them, giving signs that they're coachable, what does that tell you about their um, interest in being coached or developed by you or held accountable by you mm -hmm. down the line? <clears throat> That's exactly where my mind was going is, mm -hmm. is the hiring piece and, and asking the right questions when you hire them, you know, not, yeah. you know, I always spent more time asking questions that brought out their behavior and attitude and, and beliefs rather than their skills. You know, I, I can teach you Lotus. I could Lotus, look at me, how old I'm Excel or a, you know, project or whatnot, but you know, your behavior, you, only you can change that and make a difference. And, and I mm -hmm. oftentimes don't have time to, to work with you to change that. So try to hire the people that oh, have, why should you? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. You're absolutely right, Vicky. You, as I said in the book, you hire mm -hmm. for attitude, you train for aptitude, AP yes. aptitude, but you coach for altitude. Oh, I love that. That is awesome. There you go. <laughs> but it's true. But, attitude is, is the thing that people bring. It's the thing yes. that people bring. And you can't train that. I mean, you could spend a lot of time trying to get people to connect the dots between their why and their what. Mm-hmm. But the people you really want to look for are the people who bring that why, that thirst, that desire to succeed. And you can work with that. Mm -hmm. But if people have a poor attitude, then their aptitude isn't really going to make much of a difference. And, and you do in that interview want to try to challenge them about, this is the job that I have, but mm. you know how curious or um, how innovative are they going to be? How much, how hungry are they for something more? And, and then once, when you do get those hungry people, then it's you having to, you know, set expectations and manage their, them to, to know that, you know, there are some things that you can't do right away because you need to get that experience and mm -hmm. exposure, I guess. You do. And, and there will be people who, when you try out coaching with them, 
And it doesn't mean that you say, you know, at nine o'clock on Monday morning, I'm going to coach you. Mm -hmm. Coaching is what we, isn't what we call things. It's how we do things. It's about using coaching as part of your leadership DNA. It's taking a coaching approach to a pipeline review, a deal review, performance review, QBR, forecast call, all the time be asking great questions, helping people to think and to come up with their own answers. When people come up with their own answers, they typically are more likely to believe them and also likely to follow through. Whereas if I impose and tell you what to do, and there are people who need that, unfortunately, Mm. but if I do that with everyone, some of you will push back and go, ah, no thanks, I'll do it my way. So we can use coaching to align people's why with what they have to do and get them to find reasons within themselves which motivate them, drive them, and then remind them of of the benefit of doing something this way or that way. And you really do. You really need to share that benefit and and they understand the, the vision of it. Yeah, and everyone has their own why. And, and you mentioned this earlier on, the fact that you have to adjust your coaching for different people. There is no one way to coach someone. We can right. use coaching as a framework, but uh, it's figuring out what goes on in here, this, this black box, as it's mm-hmm. been called. What's in that person's mind? I don't know. What's in their yeah. heart? I don't know. But I can use coaching to find out mm-hmm. what motivates them, what drives them, and then use that in my coaching with them at a psychological level. Okay. Well, time has flown and it's time for me to share my screen so that you guys that are you all that are listening can get the information of how to get in touch with Mark. So the website is www.salescoachr.com. That's S-A-L-E. without the E, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Coacher without the E, thank you, yeah. Yeah. .com. He's on LinkedIn using his name, Mark Garrett Hayes. And I'll let Mark tell you a little bit about what you can get when you go to that website. Yeah, so the website covers the kinds of things that my small team and I do for organizations. I work a lot with software teams. And um, if people are interested and they want to mail me, Mark at salescoacher, C-O-A-C-H-R, salescoacher.com, I'm happy to send a free um chapter of the book which is called sales coaching essentials and we go that's my my shameless plug (laughs) yeah no that's perfect and and you should you know to me if you go into a bookstore remember Mm -hmm. how we used to do that you would read the first bit or the end some people of a book to see if you really resonated with it so i think this is a great gift for you to have the folks see how this uh, could help them in their endeavors to be better in sales. Well, Mark, it's been really great talking with you. You are so informative and engaging with your, which you know, I mean, you can tell, you know, your stuff. And I look forward to uh, reading your book to be able to learn more about how I can be better in my sales for sure. So as always, I like to remind people that life is a journey. And it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. 
Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.